Welcome everybody to the Naked Show. Hello, 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 hello. So today we have got a nice special episode for you guys. <laughs> what? You emphasize that special so hard. Was it too corny? It was that special. I'm actually excited about this one. Well, I'm excited too. No, well, what I mean is I am extra excited about this one. Okay. Because it's the third interview we've done. Third guest we've had on. I keep saying interview. I know you keep telling me to use the word guests. Well, it's the third guest we've had on. Yeah. And this one was the mo- the easiest one to do in terms of like the connection, all of that. Mm. Because obviously we had had two trial runs before this. Mm. So now we had gotten the hang of it. And he's also a podcast producer. So he knew everything to do from yeah. his end. I mean, he had his microphone ready. Yeah, he had the whole setup, like a better his... setup than us. Yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, this guy don't podcasted act... better than us on our podcast. Don't act like they don't know that we've got cupboards open here. We've got pillows on pillows on pillows. Exactly. So <laughs> this guest was just a pleasure to have. And I remember after we recorded, we were like, wow, that was a, that was a good episode. So I think you're mm. going to enjoy this one. Mm. Um, it's Dylan Benyon from Cognition & Co. Mm. Now, we have talked about Cognition & Co. before. Yeah. So he is the founder and creator of Cognition & Co. Yeah. And but he, he doesn't, it's not all about psychology. He, no. If anything, it's about him, his life, how he's gotten to where he is now, his whole journey. We met like three different Dylans yeah. in this episode. Basically. <laughs> so one of the conditions we had, for this episode was that he doesn't talk about psychology mm. and he doesn't talk about his company that much. So obviously mm. he does mention it, but it's not all about that. So, yeah. because that's mostly what he does. So we thought let's give him a break and let's, let's actually get to know the person yeah. behind the brand. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's the, 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 the route we took mm. and it was really nice. I mean, I didn't even know him that well before we did this episode. Yeah. I'd, I'd only heard his voice and like, heard about him but never seen him ever yeah and we haven't even met him in person we haven't no this is basically an online friend <laughs> but isn't that the, the world is like that now it is you know? that's that's the direction we're taking yeah um so dylan's podcast is actually called cognition and co and he mm. talks to other psychologists and all of that and ironically enough i'm going to be on his episode on sunday that's releasing Ooh. so after you listen to this one just hold in another couple of hours and then you'll be able to listen to me on Cognition & Co. as well on yeah. the podcast, talking about obviously just psychology and the professional side of things, mm. not being a fool like I am. So you're, you admit you're a fool. I am a clown, yes. Okay, Oof, wonderful. So, I'm so glad we've got this on record. Yeah. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the realizations we came to this week is we recently started watching Modern Family. Oh, yes. And we're we're hooked. So we're watching from the beginning. Yeah. So we started season one. We've never actually watched before. I mean, I've seen a couple I've watched, of episodes. Yeah, I've watched patches, but never like from never. the beginning. Yeah. And every time Phil does something, I basically roll on the floor laughing. Yeah. And you just give me this look as if to say, "That's you." You know. Yeah. I, I honestly I get so concerned. You like laugh and you think it's hilarious, and I'm just there worried like this is my future. I think his jokes this- are so amazing this is my future and there's things that phil does and i'm like oh my gosh you've done this like fifty thousand times i definitely empathize with phil a lot more than anybody else because the guy is just so honest and so unique and he just he just means well with everything he does no he does he does i'll, I'll give him that i'll give him that i relate more with gloria and i think claire is karen 
Well, yeah, we're definitely gonna gonna be talking a lot more about Modern Family. So if you are a fan, drop us a a couple of hints of stuff you'd like to to for us to mention all of that. Mm. And uh, we're we're looking at taking the podcast into different avenues and different ventures, yes. which is really really exciting. So like we said, for now we're still trying things out. We're still getting the hang mm. of it. Mm. Uh, so some of the things we're looking into is getting a more rigid schedule so that Absolutely. we're not reducing releasing every three days, but we we have specific days when we release. Yeah. And to work in with your schedule nicely. Exactly. Just so that you know exactly when the episodes drop and you're not constantly dependent on the social media. Mm. And also, we're looking at adding a separate different segment, which we're not going to talk about too much. Yes. But this one's going to be really exciting. It's going to be special. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. So enough about us. Let's go to Dylan, guys. Uh, we really hope you enjoy him. Yeah. And uh, here he is. Dylan! All right, so today we've got uh, Dylan Benyon on the podcast. And so Dylan Benyon was the, is the founder of Cognition Co. But today we're actually going to get to know Dylan for just Dylan, right? So Dylan, please just introduce yourself. Let the people know who you are. And then I'm going to give you a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes to just explain what Cognition Co. is and why you founded it. And then we're going to move on to the juicy stuff. So go for it. Juicy stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I'm Dylan. Um, I am a psychology student um, trying to get into master's this year. Um, I've been trying for the last three years and that's actually where the start of Cognition Co. came from. In 2018, I applied for, for clinical psychology master's at the University of Pretoria and was unsuccessful. Uh, and kind of the, the kind of rejection I felt from that ended up uh, kind of facilitating the creation of this company that um you know it, it was was designed to help students um kind of prepare themselves better for for, for masters and and just kind of uh, understand more about the the whole process of becoming a psychologist in south africa so look Dylan is a show uh, a friend of the show you know mm. and a friend of, of ours obviously um we i've never formally met Dylan personally but we've obviously been communicating through emails, WhatsApps, and all of that. And uh, I figured that today we would take the time to just get to know Dylan yeah. and just ask him those questions that we just don't know yet, you know? Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, so Dylan, uh, that's, that's all you're going to get to talk about psychology um, yeah, for, good, the, rest, for the rest of the show, <laughs> because we know how passionate Dylan is about psychology. Uh, and, absolutely. I mean, I'm a, I, think, I don't even think we need to explain cognition and code because I'm a huge advocate. Mm. For, for Cognition & Co. We've had it on the show before. We've actually advertised it already. So today, we're just going to get to know Dylan. So go for it, babe. Sure. So Dylan, before Cognition & Co., you were in Hong Kong for a while? That's right. Right. So tell me, how long were you there and what was your experience, especially the first few weeks you were there? Sure. So... Like once I'd finished up my BA in psychology, so I'd done a BSc in psych before I went, before I, before I started like the psychology um, route of the B, BSc in environmental sciences, which I haven't used a day in my life. Um, lo- lovely, lovely uh, for statistical knowledge, but otherwise <laughs> like I don't care about plants that much. Um, so, so I finished that up uh, and I started studying psych and, and I started dating this girl and I kind of really, I wanted, I wasn't really too interested in going overseas, but she was super keen to go overseas. Mm. So 
she kept she kept saying like i need to go i need to go and i was like well i'm studying like i can't i can't leave until i finish this ba at least you know and, and actually i'd rather stick around and do my, my honors and try to get through this mm-hmm. anyway what happened was i finished up the ba and uh went to went to one of those like you know uh, talks that that the the, the recruitment places do, and uh, it, it just seemed like the most incredible thing. So next thing I knew, I was like doing a TEFL course and um, applied for a couple of jobs, and I got offered one in Hong Kong. So went over, and it was it was quite scary to be to be honest. Um, mm. You know, Hong Kong Hong Kong has like an incredibly large population, but like a really really tiny amount of space to to live. Mm. So. I remember walking into the flat the first day and they were like, this is your room that you'll be sharing with your partner. And I was like, um, that, that can't be right. Like this room is, is like, it's like a cupboard, you know, like it's, it's smaller than the office that I'm in now. And like, so this wait, is were you, like were you maybe with, were you with your, your girlfriend when you went? Uh, a, a previous girlfriend. Yeah. Previous, so, so you guys went together basically. Yeah. She, she almost didn't want to go when, when I got the job, she was like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not too interested anymore. Like the sounds, the sounds too scary. Um, but eventually we ended up going over together, ended up breaking up overseas as well. Um, oh, lovely. Awkward when you that's, live together. Yeah. That's exactly where you want to break up. Eh? I mean, if we ever break up, we're going to go overseas to do it, you know? Hey, might as well. <laughs> sure. It was, it was, it was hectic. Cause like we lived together and, uh, like in this flat that we shared with other people from the school that we were with sure. and, um, yeah, eventually, eventually we kind of just were like roommates sharing the rent um, and the bed. Uh, but shame, uh, she's she's a lovely girl. It just wasn't going to work out. But yeah, anyway, I went over there with the idea of just doing one year. I was like, mm. cool, I'm gonna do this for one year. I'm gonna come home. I'll do. I start my honors. I'll do that over two years and try like find a job or something. Mm. And I think after about nine months that I was there. No, it's about seven seven months that I was there. I was made the head teacher at the center that I was teaching at, um, a little nice. a little center in an area called City One in Sha Tin, uh, Dayat Seng in Cantonese, and um, so so I was made the head teacher. So I was like, cool, well, like things are things are looking up, and all of a sudden, like I got a, a bump in salary as well. Um, I think at the time, the salaries there, I was probably making about like probably close on forty thousand rand a month, which is like insane. So like teach little kids like you know four-year-olds how to how to say basic english concepts you know but what was, um, what was the expense what was the living expense like over there i mean was it was it actually enough to get by on Did mm-hmm. enough to save and all that so so rent when i was sharing with that with that ex of mine i think i was paying about uh, maybe about four thousand dollars a month which at the time was about uh, just under eight thousand rand so i mean it's expensive we were sharing that was a shared room in a flat of three. So, I mean, you, you can work out what it costs to actually stay there, yeah. what an actual apartment costs. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you still made enough money over and above that to, to survive, which is quite nice. I'd survive and, and live like a king, really. I mean, like I, I saved, I saved money like crazy. In fact, so I ended up staying there for three years. And in those three years, I bought and paid off a flat in Port Elizabeth, um, that, oh, was, nice. that was like the whole thing so that's that's now where my savings are for if i do eventually get into masters at some point yeah. that money that comes in from that will hopefully cover me for a year nice that was, that was a very smart move yeah very I, forward thinking exactly you you mm. managed to do something that every young person wants to do mm. which is basically kind of start off early and invest money properly so that you can set yourself up for your 30s mm. exactly 
what was also quite nice is that so after after a year and a half as or i guess then another like nine months after being head teacher i was then um i was then promoted to the head office uh, which is in a place called causeway bay um, and i worked as a teacher development manager so i i then i was in control of about 14 of the of the centers um, and each center had about uh, between four and seven or eight uh, teachers in it. Um, so then I managed those 14 centers. I did a lot of the training for the teachers. I did uh, like inductions and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. basically became somebody who, who made sure that the teachers were doing what they were supposed to do, as well as like training them when they first got there, which is really cool. I think that's, that's if I have to go back into the psych aspect of it, like that really helped me learn a lot about what's happening out there in the world, because like these weren't just South African people, you know, mm-hmm. I worked with New Zealanders, Iranians, Americans, like every, every like area of the globe sort of culminated in, in in Hong Kong you know so um, it really really helped me I think in terms of learning where like what's happening in the world and like where I fit into the world as well nice. and what about what about the the fun side of, of living there what did you guys do for entertainment going uh, out. yeah what's your off days like let's let's hear that part because I don't want to hear about the work boring stuff <laughs> well i mean the work part is actually really fun because we did we, i got to work with such interesting people you know mm-hmm. um and it's crazy how small the world actually is when i became head teacher at my center uh, before i moved to the head office um so they said to us oh we're getting a new, te- a new teacher from south africa and i was like oh yeah yeah south africa you know like i'm gonna have like a best friend and they were like yeah mm-hmm. he's from he's from port elizabeth which is where i grew up and i was like that's crazy you know and they were mm-hmm. like do you know this guy i'm like ah oh, we don't all know each other, you know? Yeah, what are anyway, the chances? So they're like, his name's Ian Stapleton. I'm like, no way. I know that name. Anyway, I went to school with the dude and like, he came and like watched me teach and like act like a fool in front of the, but, like, <laughs> in front of the kids. But I remember that first day sitting there while Ian was watching me. I was like, Ian, dude, you don't tell anybody that I act like this way in front of the kids, okay? Because like, I will have no friends left if you tell them like I'm singing Frozen and, you know, like dancing around the stage. And You, you know, have to do so, what it is, you know, you have to do what you have yeah, to do completely. in order to get those kids to pay attention. Mm, mm. And I remember him sitting at the back and he was just laughing. He was just like having such a chuckle. And I was like, don't worry, dude. I'm like your boss here. Like, I'm going to be appraising you in just like a month or two. And then a month or two later, I'm watching him and he's like, la, la, la. Let it go. And let's go. Let's, let's, let's hear about the, the fun part of Hong Kong. What was it like? Yeah, so so it was it was such an incredible place to be. Like, there's stuff going on all the time, you know. Like, nothing, nothing shuts down there ever. Um I think probably the, the coolest stuff that you do is just, it's just kind of getting out and like eating. I think like there's so many amazing restaurants there. Um, I ate at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant while I was there. Mm. I ate at Jamie Oliver's restaurant. Um, like you kind of, every, every time you do anything, it starts off as like a cool meal experience, whether you like going for a hike, um, cause there's tons of hiking like spots up that side. Um, you know, if you're going for a hike, it starts off having a meal first. If you're going to be at Paisano's eating like a 24 inch pizza, like it always starts with the food, but on top of that, just the ease of traveling there, you know, uh, like not just in Hong Kong, but around Hong Kong while I was there over the three years, I think, I think I traveled to 11 different countries. Um, I went to South Korea, I went to Bali, I went to Philippines a couple of times, I went to Thailand a couple of times, um, Vietnam is right there, I went to Malaysia, um, 
yeah, just super easy and super cheap. You can get like last minute flights for next to nothing. And next thing, as long as you, as long as you've got the right visa, you can get in there easy enough. And oh. yeah, it was just incredible. Wow. I saw so much. My my fat ass is salivating over the pizza. Like, let's and, go. And, <laughs> and, and Jamie Oliver, I let's mean, go. All that food must have been so delicious. And what about what about the 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 night scene, like the bars and and is there? Can you drink so, there and all of that? Yeah. So interesting story. Like you can drink in public in Hong Kong. There's no there's no laws against it. So the oh. first night, the first night that I got to Hong Kong, um, met up with like uh, one the, my girlfriend at the time. She had she had a friend that was living there. We were staying with them for for a day or two. And he's like, Yeah, we're gonna go down to the TST promenade, a place called Chim Sha Chui. He's like, We're gonna go down to the promenade and like look at the harbor and we'll just grab a beer, you know. And I was like, Oh, cool, we'll go to a bar. Like this is I'm so excited, my first beer in like the country. So we get there and like we sit down like on this like actual promenade, like over looking the victoria harbor um and he just like hands me a beer and like cracks it open and i'm like dude what the hell man like, what are you doing like there's cops around man like you can't do that um he's like no no it's legal and then i'm like trying to like sip this like tall boy heineken like you know like very like discreetly while i'm still <laughs> feeling like very on edge about the fact that i'm mm. drinking in public but yeah um it's quite expensive to drink in hong kong though uh there's a place called lang kwai fong uh, like the western school lkf and it's just like a party district uh to when you go there it's basically like like a, a, like a i don't know like a block um and all it is is just bars the whole way around the block and instead of actually a lot of people don't even go into the bars you just go to the 7-elevens that are like strategically placed around the block and you just buy beers and you stand in the street and you just party in the street so it works out to be a lot cheaper to do it that way but it's uh but it's also so much fun so so much fun the nightlife there is incredible and it just doesn't end like i mean mm-hmm. uh I, so so i was actually back in hong kong this year uh for for new year's and and january i went back uh just to try and i was actually going to spend the whole year there um and i had a new year's party where oh my i think we got home at like seven o'clock the next morning and it was mainly just because i was super tired and i was like i'm done now guys like please but everyone else was like no man we've we've been here a long time we want to carry on going i was like i can't do two days like straight man (laughs) there's the there's a small matter of of a virus that made you come back right yeah yeah so you you actually came back just before the pandemic actually started yeah so so i went over there i landed on the 28th of december last year to be there um i had a had a work visa that i needed to extend on the by the 31st so i i went to hong kong and i was going to spend the year there um and i got there spent the first month and all of a sudden we started hearing more and more about this virus Mm. um that was that was going around and it all sounded very hectic but it sounded like it was quite controlled in 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 wuhan um obviously being so close and 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 what eventually ended up happening was that it was chinese new year uh the end of january so it meant that we we all went on holiday and a lot of people from hong kong would go back to china and a lot of people from china would come into hong kong um and in in that in that happening it basically spread the virus i think exponentially Mm. and by i think the second or third of february i was told that because i'd been one of the last people in um i could now take the option to to go back home because they were struggling they they, they needed to kind of you know retrench people basically yeah um 
And having, having gone back to Hong Kong, it was great. I loved like the, the social aspect of it, but the actual work environment, I went back as a head teacher, but because I'd been quite high up in the company beforehand, it felt like I'd taken a bit of a step down. Mm. So once that started happening, uh, I don't know, my, my head started going back to Cognition and Co and what I could do with that. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to take this deal. I'm going to take this one month salary. I'm going to put it back into Cognition and I'm going to see what I can do with it when I get back. So I'm quite glad I did that because it's been, it's been an incredible year for Cognition and actually an incredible year for me, regardless of the fact that I've been you know, locked down. Absolutely. Yeah, we could, we could talk, talk all day about, about your experience in Hong Kong. I think it's, it's magnificent that you had that and I mean, even all the different countries that you went to. Um, and I think in, in South Africa, especially, there's, there's quite a bit of a, uh, there's a negative and a positive uh, perspective of the people that go and do that because everyone either thinks that it's just a lost resort or that mm. people, it's people that don't really know what they're going to do with their life. But at the same time, you can flip it the other way and say, if you don't know what you're going to do with, with your life at the moment, Go and do something like that because mm. you can explore the world. Mm. You get to explore different cultures. You get, you get to, to eat, save a ton. You get to you get to make and save a, a lot of money. Mm. So, so I mean, yeah. I've, we've got friends personally that have done the same thing, and I mean, we've heard the good and the bad side of it. But there's there's no there's no there's definitely no way of of saying whether it's the right move or not. You just have to go and try it and and, and yeah. see if it's for you. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I mean, like, I think there is a bit of a stigma to it. Everyone's like, oh, like, why are you teaching English in China? Like, did you have a bad breakup? And I'm like, <laughs> well, <Yes>. actually, <laughs> it was because of Hong Kong. Exactly. <laughs> right. um, so, so, yeah, there definitely is. But I'd, I, I'd recommend to anybody that has the opportunity to do it. Like, if you, if you have, because you need to have a degree at, at least to go to Hong Kong. Um, and if you have a degree and you're still like, oh, I don't know if chartered accounting is like my vibe, then go do it. Like, you know, uh, it was, it was actually in Hong Kong where I kind of fell in love with the idea of, of rather, instead of just being a psychologist one day and having like a private practice, like, you know, having like working in education and, and trying to like at least tertiary education and trying to like, like train the, the future generations of clinical psychologists. So that's where that came from. And where, where did you go to varsity here in South Africa? So I started off at NMU, well, NNMU um, yeah. in PE for my BSc, and then I did all my other studying through UNISA. Okay, what was, what, was, what was first year Dylan like? You know, Did you have the beard? Did you have the long hair? So your, my first year, okay, so I had three first years when I did my BSc. Um, that, that degree <laughs> took, me, took me five years to complete. Um, no extra majors or nothing, just like the most basic <laughs> one, five years. Um, and the reason for that is that uh, I got I got quite involved in being in bands when I left school. Like in my first year, I, I like replied to a poster that I found at university. They were looking for a vocalist, and I was like, "Okay, cool. This is going to be me now." You know. Um, so I had I had long pitch black hair like all the way down to my nips. Um, and <laughs> wow! Really? <laughs> I had um, I had a whole bunch of piercings in my face. I had I had. Um, two librettes like out of my lips here they're called snake bites um okay. i pierced my nose um my ears were stretched to i think i think 13 mils at their biggest um oh, they've gone down now but you can still kind of see that i had like this weird industrial piercing like one bar went through two holes in my ear um oh. yeah i, I would have i would have things. never guessed i can't i i honestly i'm trying to imagine Why? It right now <laughs> when i'm looking at you and i can't, I can't yeah like as it's explaining i'm like okay piercing piercing yeah, piercing like, and I'm like, it's not coming together. 
even the pitch yeah. black hairs but was, 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 that, was that a, a form of like this is who you were at the time and then you kind of phased out of that what was going on you know uh, I think my mom and dad would be stoked to know it was just a phase, but um, <laughs> they were definitely telling me at the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, uh, I felt like I needed to, I went to an all boys school um, here in Port Elizabeth, Gray High School. And I always knew I wanted to have long hair when, when I left school because we weren't allowed to have it beforehand. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like rebelling against the system a bit saying like, oh, now I'm in varsity. I can do whatever I like. I can have really long hair if I want to, you know. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess it, it, it wasn't who I became, I guess. Like I still, I still like aspects of the culture. Like I love tattoos and like mm. I got tattoos. Um, but uh, yeah, the first year Dylan, he was a hectic guy. Like every time a band would get big, I would drop out of Vasti. Um, so like one of my, my bigger bands, we started touring around the country and mm. I was like, well, I, I don't need Zalem and Flom and botany stuff. Like I'm out of here. I'm what famous the, now. What the hell is a BSC going to do I'm for me? Famous you know? now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so like we did this massive tour up to Durban and we played with all these amazing bands and it was it was it was incredible. It was really really cool. And I was like, okay, well this is it. You know, like this is going to take off. And then our drummer left us, and I was like, well, oh, he's a bit small. There's no more drummers. Like, I guess mm-hmm. I got to go back. So I'd, I just crawl back to Varsity on my hands and knees and like go beg the dean to let me back for like the third or fourth and fifth year and be like, listen, I promise this time I'll work hard, man. Like this is this is what I want to do. And he's like looking at me with all these piercings in my face and he's like, mm-hmm, see you again <laughs> next year, bruh. Yeah, no. yeah. You know, you know, just just listening to Dylan for what the ten or fifteen minutes that we've been talking to him, it feels like he's lived three lives. Yes, you know? I feel like that's how much experience yeah, you've had. Like three different Dylan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, I actually want to bring this up because obviously you mentioned that it took you five years to 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 do your BSc, and obviously the majority of our listeners are in that age group where they're either starting off varsity or mm. just finishing off, and the mentality when you go into university is I need to get in here and get out as quickly as possible or else I'm a failure, you know? But I keep reminding, especially my, my younger brother who's now in, in, in first year, I keep reminding him that, hey, these are the best times of your life. Yes. If you need to take an extra year or two, do take it gracefully. It. Take it. I wish I had taken an extra yes. year or two, you know? Because mm-hmm. I was constantly focused on you can't fail, you can't do this, you can't repeat. And now looking back to it, if I would have taken a bit more time, you know, I would have probably enjoyed myself a bit more. Yeah, it's literally the the simple saying of like adulting is a trap. Yeah. Don't don't finish varsity. Exactly. Yeah. It's a trap. And I don't want to sound naive because I know it is an expense that your parents do pay and mm. that that's something that you you can't overlook, you know, you mm. can't be wasteful for no reason. But at the same time you need to balance it, you know. There's no rush. Yeah, just enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. I I mean I did. I really did enjoy it. I dragged that out as long as I could. Um I mean, not on purpose, but yeah, I partied, I partied pretty hard during those times. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So what would the title of your autobiography be? Straight sure. The Don't even think. Sounds like the paper I've just written. Um, <laughs> I'm too, I'm too deep in this thing. I'll give it like some long quantitative name. Um, sure i think it would be something like the diary of like a would-be rock star you know like oh, you know wow. still holding on to this star. thing back, back in the day my friend told me like after after this band actually the basis of my band um after that band kind of dissolved he was like dude don't stress we've got time man like jared leto is like 45 and he's still crushing it and i'm like okay cool like 
I was, I mean, I was like 20, 23, 24 at the time. I was like, okay, I've got like 20 years to get this up and going. But, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I, I think I've had to let that go. And I feel like now I'm in a position where I get to be a bit of a rock star in psychology, you know, like I do a lot of like public speaking and I do a lot of, I don't know, just putting myself out there. And I, I do feel, I feel like that now. Like I, I, I put myself out there the same way I get the same thrill from, from being on stage, like mm-hmm. as a musician, I get that same thrill from, from presenting in front of the students on, on like a topic that like I now am, am becoming or trying to become a professional in, you know, I feel, I feel confident in my abilities and I felt confident in those abilities back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, now I get on stage and I, I don't scream for a living. I, you know, I spread empirical data. That just, that just sounds, uh, that's the most rock and roll thing I've ever heard, you know? Yes, but I love that title. <laughs> I do, I do. I love that title. I think the title definitely suits you. And, and, and obviously, it, when you read the title, you assume one thing. And then when you read the book, you're going to realize that it's completely different. Absolutely. Completely that would be such a, such a good autobiography, if you ever <laughs> think of it. I'll, se- I'll send you guys the paper I've just written, and you guys can, can see how much of that tied into it. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. We would love. It would, would be a nice to. read. Yeah. So Dylan, you've obviously come across people from all walks of life um, mm-hmm. during your young life and during your stay in Hong Kong and even now, I can imagine. So tell me, what is the best and worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Sure, that's that's a question. Um, oh, I, I, the worst piece of advice actually, I think, was a little bit of reverse psychology from a previous therapist I had while I was struggling to finish my BSc, like I started wondering, I went, started seeing a psychologist and, um, you know, she, she, she was helping me like through CBT to get through it. And I was like, well, what you do is pretty interesting. Why don't I just like look into that? You know, she's like, you're on the wrong like career path. And I was like, okay, well I'll change. And she was like, I don't think you have what it takes to be a psychologist. And I was like, what? I was like, well, like, that that's a bit hurtful and now I'm going to prove you wrong. And like, I mean, I, that's not the main reason I did this whole thing, but I certainly would love to go back to her at some point and be like, ha ha, look here, look what I'm got doing you. now. Yeah. Um, and then, and then like, obviously her retort would be like, Oh, well, obviously it was reverse psychology. You know, like I knew you had the capabilities. I just needed to motivate you in some way. So mm. she's, she's going to play me either way, you know? Yeah. There's no um, winning that one. Yeah, for sure she got me covered um best advice hey i really i don't know i I think i can't even think of any advice i've been given lady you guys put me too much on the spot (laughs) yeah you don't Um, have to you don't have to delve deep into that one if if you don't want to you know i guess i guess like if there's if there's anything it's actually advice i gave students the other day was just be yourself like it's it's the same as with this whole like master's application thing like like don't try and be somebody else like just be yourself and like i've been a couple of different people i guess i'm just trying out which one fits best you know and i feel like this bearded hipster vibe is working at the moment but who knows what tomorrow might bring you know um but like regardless i think i'm always just going to be myself like uh i don't want to be anyone else so that would be that would be the best advice that i've heard for a little bit nice so let me let me reel you back in because i heard the word psychology once or twice in there so let me just pull you back yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, so what's your romantic life like now at the moment? And then I also want to know what's, what's Dylan's ideal girl. So what's the type of girl Dylan dates? Because I, I have never met any of your girlfriends. So I'd love to know. Hey, sure. I don't know how deep I should go into this. So, um, 
what one thing um, that that might might be a surprise is that I was actually engaged up until the end of last year. Um, I was engaged for a year and a half, uh, but unfortunately that didn't work out. Um, so that kind of threw me for a bit of a loop, bit of a loop because like I thought I had an ideal girl like kind of planned out, but that mm. doesn't seem to necessarily be the way that it, it, it worked out. So I don't know, like, I don't think I really have a, a girl in particular that mm. um, I would use to describe my like perfect match. I think it's more like a, like a, what's the term for it? It's like sapiosexual, like someone that like you can have intellectual conversations with. You find like their intelligence sexy. Is that, I don't mm. know if that's the right word. Yeah. Just like auto tune the right thing in there when you do it. <laughs> so, so basically Dylan just gave that answer that every girl wants to hear. Dylan doesn't really have a type, you know, and it's kind of like he, he'll go wherever he has to go. I think... I don't think people have a type. I think this whole what is your type thing is just, it's a myth. You're selling yourself dreams because you're never going to find one person who's got everything you want and doesn't have everything that you don't want. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always going to be a little bit of what you would like and a little bit of what you don't like. And it's, it's, um, what was that other thing I told you about from the podcast I was listening to? I don't remember. Oh, it's it's the it's the, the what's it called the attendance fee that you're willing to pay. Oh, okay, that mission basically. Yes, the admission fee that you're willing to pay. Are you willing to pay this admission fee for all of these things that come extra with it? So that's what it is. Yeah, for sure. So are you currently single at the moment? No, I'm seeing somebody. I'm seeing okay. somebody. Um, since I got back to to. Um, to Port Elizabeth, um, I've started seeing a young woman in the area. Um, Ooh. I won't go into too much detail, yeah. but um, but she's super cool, super cool, and she, yeah, she's a lot of fun to hang out with. Although, I mean, it's a bit uncomfortable starting to date somebody like you know a week before lockdown happens. Um, <laughs> I so mean, what that comes time. with its own challenges. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness, guys, you don't even know. Well, look, I, I envy you because we've been together for how long now during this lockdown? And it's it's rough at times, man. I mean, she's not easy to live with, you know? <laughs> this is a lie. <laughs> it hasn't been rough. When was it rough, my friend? You you don't know how I suffer in silence. That's the problem. That's your problem, then. You ought to speak up. That's what you ought to do. But no, oh, it, is, God. it is tricky to just to just all of a sudden start dating someone the moment mm-hmm. lockdown is put in place because I mean mm-hmm. you kind of have to especially the initial phases of a relationship you have to thrive off of physical contact and physically seeing each other and all of that mm-hmm. so tough one man but that's your problem not mine so yeah <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's yeah no, it's problems. been it's been it's been interesting but but also a lot of fun I mean it, you know we it's easy to keep contact with people these days you know mm. our phones are magical little devices yeah absolutely so since mm. our phones are magical little devices would you say you're hey. an android or an apple guy oh i have i have what they call the flagship killer um it's a it's a it's a it's an android it's a it's a one plus um if you know what that is oh it's like a, okay yeah so you got the pixel one like plus. A, it's a, it's like a, I don't know, I guess it's like a Chinese brand. I think it's made in Shenzhen, but oh, incredible little phone. I actually have like three models behind, but it's still like as good as like the, the newest iPhones, I guess. So I'd definitely say Android. Android is the one for you. 
Well, look, you're you're in a you're speaking to two Android uh, people, so yeah. uh, I'm sure that we've got a lot of Apple Apple listeners, so I'm sure they're not going to be happy. But I've, I'm a Samsung fan through and through. I mean, every single device I have is Samsung. However, I do have an iPad. I'm not going to lie, and and yeah. when it comes to a tablet, the iPad is unrivaled. That's for sure. Yeah, I want to switch over to Apple though. Oh, why did you have to bring that up now? I want to switch over. Mm. It's got that thing. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So, so Dylan, uh, oh, sorry, yeah, go for it. I was going to say, I wouldn't mind like the whole like collection of them, you know, like I want the iPad Pro. I want like the sweet watch. I want the little ear yes. thingy. Yes. I want like, I want like the, the car. I want like the fridge, the coffee yes. machine that like I just texted on the way home. And it's like, hey, make me a coffee. Oh. It better have like extra cappuccino. And then <laughs> there we go. Like I want, and I feel like Apple's on the way to doing that. But, uh, I feel like we're two peas in a pod. Oh, man. Oh, but I mean, Android's are far behind. I mean, I've got I've got one of those Google Home things in my bedroom, and like I just tell it what's up. I'm like, hey Google, like start playing Friends on Netflix, and then it connects to the Chromecast that I have. Oh no, I was trying to do it now on my phone. Stop it. Um, and um, <laughs> you see, it's it works real good. Um, but but it's 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 so cool when I show like my family, my mom's like, mm-mm, mm-mm, this is this is magic here. Get this out of my house. Yeah, no, she's sorcery. So speaking speaking of, of of your mom, what's what's your family like? What's the family dynamic like over there? And do you have any siblings? I've got a sister, younger sister. Um, she is just turned thirty, and she's got two kids. So I'm I'm actually an uncle. Oh, um, oh wow. Yeah. Um, the, the older one is I think two now and the younger one is like, I think almost a year. Um, yeah. Reagan and Riley are their names, Reagan Lynn and Riley Lorraine. Um, and they just, oh, they're just so magical. That's what also been one of the hardest parts about lockdown is that I couldn't see my nieces, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so it's just been, it's been so nice now with a slight reprieve on this lockdown to be able to like see their little faces and they're like, yeah. like Reagan obviously remembers me, Riley. I'm not so sure. She's just like, you know, but, but yeah, it's nice. Um, and then obviously I'm, I'm staying with my folks at the moment, having been overseas um, and having before that, having lived in Joburg um, now I'm back in PE for a bit. So I'm staying with my folks and I guess it's, it's a it's a strange time, you know. Mm-hmm. Scientists have 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 acknowledged the fact that a lot of people are having to kind of go back to their to their homes and and move in mm-hmm. with their parents, and they call them emerging adults now. So I'm definitely an emerging adult. Um, I'm not quite capable of handling my myself, and uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. It's nice to see mom though. It's, it's nice yeah. to spend some time with her. I I feel like as we get a little bit older, like there's a lot of things where we she no longer sees me as like her child and more of like a, a person that she can have like an intellectual conversation with. And I quite Absolutely. like that, you know, I'm not like reprimanded for being out because I'm still locked down. It's more me reprimanding my mom. Like you can't go to the shop twice in one day, mom. Like that's how you get the Corona and die. That's unnecessary. You know, you don't want, what the are you doing road. mom? What are you doing? Yeah. So, well, that's, that's actually, that's actually really nice. So, so uncle Dylan must be, must be really fun. Isn't yeah. Um, he, he's a lot of fun, especially like with all the training I got from like teaching the little, the little mm. kids in, in Hong Kong, you know? So like when it comes time to singing, let it go. Like I've, I've got that stuff on lockdown. Oh you know? man. Yeah, no, that, that must be a My falsetto vibrato is fantastic. <laughs> you like, you like the Olaf and your nieces are Alpha and Anna. How cute is that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh exactly. So, so just to... <laughs> 
before we wrap it up, I thought we would bring in uh, a mutual friend of ours. Uh, yes. And, and he's not going to join us, but we're definitely going to entice him to be on the next podcast probably. <laughs> so I want to know, when was the first time you met Steve? Oh my goodness. The first time, the first time I ever laid eyes on that sexy piece of man. <laughs> he's going to love it. <laughs> yes. So the first time I ever saw him, it was at UP. We were doing, it was the first day of interviews and uh, we had to go write like, like a, like a basic, uh, like English equivalency test or something. And this dude walks in there with like a full white denim outfit. And I was like, I love this guy already. Of like, course. <laughs> we are, we are made for each other. Um, <laughs> oh my God. It was fantastic. And I was like, yeah. Anyway, it, it, we ended up like chatting. The, a couple of the guys that were applying ended up like together in the group, and we ended up just chatting. And and I've not stopped chatting to him since. Like even though he got in and continued to 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 like further himself in this field, and I didn't, and I'm a little bit jealous. But it's okay. We'll go into that in another podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I absolutely adore him. He's 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 fantastic, and he's he's been such an inspiration to me because when I think when I was really down and out you know, after not getting in, even though he had got in, he still took the time to come and sit with me and, you know, feed me beer and cigarettes until, you know, I was, I was able to help myself out, you know, like <laughs> he was, he really looked after me and I, I'm so appreciative. I mean, what, a, what an absolute champion. Yeah. Uh, the guy is, is made of gold. That's for yeah, sure. Steve is a gem. Obviously. Um, yeah. Did you, did you know that he was gay straight away? How, how good no, is your gaydar by the way? Oh, I, I remember sitting with him uh, in Pine Slopes at, at Beer House or something and showing him like photos on my phone of like girls. And he was like, mm, very nice, very nice. And I was like, no, but like this girl from like our like interview group, what do you think? And like, you know, he was like, mm, yeah, so I need to tell you something. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool, man. Like, sure. I guess I guess my gator ain't so good. Yeah, no. Oh, his is useless. I know. That's I thought I thought I would I would bring that question in specifically because I had a similar experience. So now now when when you just told your story about how you met Steve, I can see that Steve is just outwardly friendly mm. like that because mm. it was the same with me. I met Steve at a selection, but we didn't meet properly. And then after I had uh, finished my aim, I was busy registering at the HBCSA, and he was there as well registering as a student. So um, eventually I was there by myself and him and this other guy came up to me and just started talking to me and kind of we socialized there. And, uh, you know, we had a great time. We exchanged numbers and everything. And then I came home and I told Bibs, I was like, babe, I met this really awesome guy and he's so friendly and, you know, we're going to be friends, whatever. And she was really <laughs> like, he's gay. And I was like, no way. No, right off the bat. I was, <laughs> like, I, was like, you, I was like, you were chilling. And then he came and then he started talking to you. He's gay. I was like, I was like, you don't, you don't know that. You can't just judge someone. Like, look at him. And then I showed him, showed her his Instagram and everything. And she was like, he's definitely gay. And I was then like, I, oh no, you. Then I so went wrong. to his WhatsApp and they were chatting. And Steve like invited us out for drinks and whatnot. And then he sent like a kissy face. I was like, fam. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he he is. He actually was on the phone with him uh, the other night. And we were just having the biggest laugh because we were catching up on, on so much stuff that we've missed. Mm. Um, and I remember last year, Bibbs was living in Pretoria and Steve, and Steve was studying there. And um, we obviously used to see him all the time. So we used to go out for drinks. Um, and funny enough, when he did one of your cognition and co-talks, uh, he obviously had his name there, Stephen Hall. 
And then he was like, I'm talking at the next Cognition & Co. And I was like, oh, but I didn't see your name on there. And he was like, hey, Stephen Hall. And I was like, you're not Stephen, you're Steve. Like, you're not, you're not, you're not Stephen. <laughs> so yeah, we've had a lot of crazy moments with him. Oh, it's so weird. On, on, on my phone, I've always had, because like, I didn't know his surname right off the bat. I knew that his name was Steve and he was at Masters with me. So for the longest time, he's been on my phone as Steve Masters. And like, <laughs> just subconsciously, I've drilled it into my mind that his name is Steve Masters and it's not. <laughs> it has a nice ring to it though, you know. <laughs> and Masters I'm just seeing, I, I, I don't know if I've actually updated it. I think it might still say Steve Masters. You know what? I think he would love that because he would. No, it says Steve Hall now. He would definitely adopt that name of Steve Masters. Absolutely. absolutely. I feel like that could be his like sneaky, like, you know, side hustle name, you know, for like <laughs> selling cigarettes at the moment, you know? <laughs> exactly. Just call Steve Masters. Whoa. Yeah, just call Steve Masters. Uh, I've got your, I've got yeah. your Starvey Blues on lockdown. <laughs> well, well, we know that, uh, well, for those of you that don't know, Dylan also has a podcast of his own, mm-hmm. which is directly linked to, to his company, Cognition & Co., so before we finish off, Stephen, just oh, Stephen, <laughs> look at me, uh, Steve Masters. That's yeah. how you... <laughs> before we finish off, Dylan, please can you just uh, promote your podcast? Tell everybody where they can get what it's all about. Mm, well, yeah, basically, I started this whole thing, and I wasn't really sure how it should really work. So uh, I, I don't even know where to start with it. It's it's kind of just a podcast on psychology in South Africa. And in saying that it isn't really a podcast on psychology in South Africa yet, because it's still really, really orientated towards the students. The only two mm-hmm. speakers we've had so far, one of them has been talking of the, about their experience getting into masters. Another one's been talking about applications and the third one, which will be available on Sunday afternoon is Adrian's one from the naked show. Um, also speaking about his experience and at least Adrian's one and Monique's one are quite different in, in the, their content because they have different perspectives, but yeah, the goal is to, at some point expand further into psychology. I want to look at research that's going on. I want to look at, you know, different perspectives and, and what people are doing, uh, all over psychology South Africa and try and get some, some big peeps on there, you know, some, mm. some, some beans of psychology. I don't know. We'll see if they'll, they'll take my emails, but yeah, that's the thing. Um, you can, you can get hold of it anywhere where you get your podcasts. Um, it's available on Apple on Google on anchor on overcast on, I don't know if it, if it says podcast in the name, it's probably on there. Um, yeah. They've hooked me up quite nicely. So go check it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Perfect. Yeah, as as Dylan said, um, it's 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 actually quite uh, a nice podcast for students now. Mm. And um, you know, I'm going to be on the next episode, so I'm going to promote the hell out of it just before it comes out. Yeah, boy. Um, but Dylan, thanks so much for joining us. I mean, we've had Thank so much you. fun chatting to you. Yeah, it's been so much fun finally meeting you. Yeah, thanks no. for thanks for getting naked for us. You know. <laughs> 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 There we go. So, Perfect. Part of, part of the... <laughs> my tattoos. Nice. So, so Dylan just took his shirt off and showed us all his tattoos, you know. But no, so, <laughs> appreciate you so much. And we love having you on the show. And yeah. we love everything that you're doing. And uh, yeah. Yay. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I really, really appreciate it. And it's, yeah, anytime you want to be back, you just shout. I'm so keen to be a part of this. It's been, it's been really, really fun. Absolutely. I can't wait to listen to it and hear how awkward I sound in real life. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. We'll, we'll definitely catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs>